Welcome to Parasha Study, Parasha Bo. This week we're going to focus on an interesting pasuk that the Torah tells us kind of almost by the way when it's describing Makat Bechorot in this week's parasha. The Torah tells us, And it ends in the words of I'm going to bring judgment to all of the gods of Egypt. And this is a pasuk that often, either sometimes since we're talking about kind of goes by the wayside, we don't pay too much attention to it. Or alternatively, if we're thinking of what exactly does that mean? How is God waging war against the gods of the Egyptians? The text doesn't really seem to really talk about it in a really concrete way. More modern uh, ideas about knowing what the Abu Dazara was in Egypt. No case of the sun god, so therefore we have Makat Hoshech, the Nile River, therefore we have Makat Dam, the firstborn, the, the deities, the, the priests. Okay, so we have maybe a better idea, but it's interesting to see the approach of how Rashi makes note of this pasuk, and in different comments is constantly making comments throughout this week's parasha about these ideas of how God is being conscious of the fact that it's also a war not just against the Egyptians, but against their gods as well. And the first time Rashi comments upon it is when Hashem is describing Makat Bechorot in the Pedic earlier, the Pedic Yudah Aleph, Pesuk Hei, says, Hashem is saying, I'm going to kill all the firstborn, Bechor Paro Ad Bechor Hashivi, until the firstborns of the captives of Egypt. Obvious question, why would the firstborn captives, these are Egyptian slaves, these are people who are being held captive, why would they get punished by dying in Makat Bechorot? And comes to answer, in order so that they cannot claim that it was their God who was coming to punish the Egyptians for their suffering. Meaning, it's a fascinating idea. We have multiple groups suffering, and therefore, okay, how do I know which group, God of which group is punishing the Egyptians? And therefore, every bechor of every possible group within Egypt is going to suffer besides for the Jewish people. So we get a, a little bit of an inkling of meaning even the other gods within Egypt. And then the pasuk concludes not only the, the bechor of the shevi, of the captive, but v'chol bechor beheba. Why are you killing the firstborn animals? And the answer to the Shil is Fishayu of Dinlah, because they would worship the firstborn animals. When Hashem is punishing the nation, it's also punishing their gods as well. And next week's parasha, actually, a pasuk, Hashem says, Go, when he's telling them to go around them, Suf, Hashem tells them, Go, Lifnei Baal Sifun. Baal Sifun, who is Baal Sifun? The God of the North says Rashi, who Nishan we call Elohim Mitzrayim. It was the one remaining God that Hashem had yet to break in Egypt. In order to confuse them, that this God Hashem could not yet conquer, and therefore he went to attack them. 
And there's another Rashi as well that ruled Abu Dazara in Egypt that destroyed, and that's the reference here, except for the Abu Dazara Baal Sifon. And there was a big idol that remained of Baal Sifon next to Yamsuf that Hashem did not destroy. And that would, uh, that therefore, the Egyptians would rely on the power of Baal Sifon in order to encourage them to go chase after the Jewish people. Meaning, what Rashi is really doing here, if we want to put it in a different perspective, He's taking a pasuk that's explicit. And he's recognizing the fact that this pasuk is really something integral to the story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. That Hashem is not just proving himself against the nations, he's proving himself against the gods as well. And what Rashi will do is, since this is a central pasuk, how does this actually play out in the story I don't see it explicit within the text besides for this mention, and therefore teaches us Rashi. It behooves us to find these subtle hidden messages within the text that really bring out this idea of Hol Elohim Mitzrayim So oftentimes, if we started reading these comments of Rashi about Bechod Shavi, about Bechod Behima, about Lifnei Baal Sifun, Without the proper context, we realize, okay, I'm not really sure why he's saying that. I'm not really sure what he's trying to do. But the way we presented it within the context of the Peshat, and therefore it supports the explanations of Rashi that don't seem to be explicit within the text, yet they're relying on things that are written elsewhere that seem to be an integral part of the story. And it reminds us of an important lesson. And when we come to approach a story within the Torah, we have to realize that what elements does the Torah make note of and give us a hint that was occurring, but does not dwell into specifically. And we have to make sure to not forget about those messages and to see how we can read them into the story as it's playing on. And hopefully this little case study here was a little good example of that. And we will continue next week with Parashat B'Shalach. Shabbat Shalom.